scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, and we're going to read verses 7 to 11. Here now, the reading of God's word. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh-uh. All right. Well, first off, thank you for the uh, gift. It was totally unexpected. And saying thank you for my service. And I was like, this is my last Sunday or something? I <laughs> thought I was getting fired on the spot, right? <laughs> if I was, I'm going to change today's sermon to like uh, repent sinners because I uh, <laughs> shouldn't do that. All right? But anyways, uh, uh, welcome once again. Uh, please pray and join with me uh, before we begin the sermon. Let's pray. Holy Father, Lord, we thank you so much for being your God, and we thank you for loving us and allowing us to come to you and worship you on this uh, day that you have made. Lord, I pray that you will be with the hearts and minds of the people who will be listening to the sermon today, Lord, that whatever stress and worries they lay at your feet, and Lord, that you'll open their hearts to receive your word. And so doing, Lord, Father, that you'll use me to speak your words of truth uh, to your people. Lord, we thank you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. You know, it never hurts to ask, does it? There's an old saying, there's no such thing as a stupid question. In life, I've realized that there's no harm in asking a question or asking of something because the worst thing that could happen is someone will just tell you no. And no one will kill you for asking a question. Now, I came to New York in, uh, to work at my previous church on, in June of 2015. June of 2015, I remember the first worship that I had with the church was actually the outdoor Father's Day worship. And at that worship, uh, my head pastor told me, you have to plan out the summer retreats uh, for the youth group and the EM. I was in charge of the EM and the youth group at the time. And in mid-June, he told me to plan two retreats for that summer to take place in July and August. And I was like, sure, I'll get right on that. But I realized... I didn't know the congregation yet. I didn't know uh, what they were struggling with. I didn't know what was on their mind. I didn't know any biblical questions that they had that I can make into a retreat theme. And so the very next week, I gathered kind of the, the leaders of the YG and asked them, what possible retreat theme you would like for this retreat I need to plan within the next three weeks? Right? And uh, they came back to me, and they told me, well, you know, uh, our YG, we're not that close. Uh, we, some people say we're kind of cliquish and we don't all get along. So maybe, uh, maybe a, a theme on like loving each other and, and, and growing together and spur, spur, uh, spurring each other on towards God. And I thought, okay, that's cool. That's cool. That makes sense. You guys don't know each other or you're not that close. I don't know you <laughs> yet. So maybe this theme will work. Right, so I got to working on trying to find out a clever word or a phrase that could kind of put this theme all together. And one day I was walking around at my house, and um, I stepped on one of my son's toys. 
right? And for any parent in here, I would assume any individual in here, you might have stepped on this particular toy before because this toy is found in basically every household imaginable. It's a small plastic rectangular toy, but it hurts like crazy if you step on it. And obviously, I am talking about the Lego, right? The Lego, yes. The yellow or red or blue molds that's so small but has incredibly hard and sharp edges and ridges. I stepped on that, and I was in horrible pain, but I picked it up, and I looked at it, and I was like, huh, a Lego. Could this be the thing, right? Because any parent in here, any child in here who's played with a Lego knows if you put two pieces together, it takes forever to take them apart sometimes, right? So I thought, oh, this is inspiration from God. I stepped on this Lego. The theme is going to be united like Legos. It's hard to take apart, right? If you try to break it, you break a fingernail instead, right? And you need all the pieces to make this, this what mold or, or, or building that you're supposed to make. So I thought, Lego, ah. Oh. And, you know, at that time, I also had to make the retreat shirts. I had to design the retreat shirts. So I thought, okay, we're going to write the theme in the Lego font, and next to it, we're going to have, like, a Lego minifigure, and on the Lego minifigure shirt, it's going to say our church name. So, like, we're wearing the Lego shirt, but the minifigure's wearing... Anyways. Right, so I planned this all out, and I made the design, and I sent it off to Custom Inc., that incredible big company that makes T-shirts and and tote bags for our anniversary gifts and stuff like that, right? And uh, they looked at it, and they told me, we can't print this, right? We can't print this because it's a known corporation, right? Copyright infringement. I was like, well, that's, that's a bummer. And I thought, well, I don't want to remake it. This is so good in my mind. This is so good. So I said, I probably shouldn't have done this. Uh, we have a lot more lawyers at this church than my previous church, so <laughs> should I have done this. But I looked for a smaller printing company. I thought, maybe they'll do it, right? Maybe they'll do it. So I, I sent it to them, like this design, and at first they said yes, and then their legal department contacted me and said no. Right, so I asked, well, then what do I do? And they said, if you get the okay from Lego, you can get it like, well, how do I get the okay from Lego? And my wife said, if you really want the shirt, then contact Lego. Even go to their website and contact their customer service. I said, all right. And that's what I did. I sent an email to them. I shared my thoughts on why this is so perfect of a theme and Legos are great, da-da-da-da. And two days later, I got a response from Lego. This is a true story. And this is what it said. Dear Charles... I didn't want to, want to write my name as Pastor Charles, right? It's kind of, but. Dear Charles, thanks for getting in touch with us. It's great to hear that our bricks are inspiring you. That's a really creative way of showing your chosen theme of united or connectedness. You can generally use them for your personal project if nobody is making any money from it. As I understand, you have made it clear that no profit will come from this. I wish you and the use of your church all the best of luck, Charles. I got that letter. I still had that in my email, so I could share it with you guys today. And we got the shirts. Right. I asked a major world corporation a question, can I use your font, can I use your logo? And they ended up saying, 
Yes. Such a great company, right? I still, do, still buy their products every Christmas. <laughs> Shirts got printed. We wore them for the retreat. If you want to see the design, you can come to my house. It's up on my wall, or no, so my fridge. I picture me and Ryan wearing the shirts at our retreat. The point is, by asking, I was able to get an answer, and in this case, I got my desired answer. Right? I wanted that yes, and that's what I got. And in our passage for today, Jesus tells us, ask. He tells us to seek. He tells us to knock. But what is it exactly that we should be asking or seeking or trying to figure out, and by doing so, Will we get everything that we want? And if not, how do we respond? Let's get into our passage again. Verse 7, it says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. You know, when we read this, we think, what are we to ask or seek and find or knock for? And I'm sure that you heard many people say this in previous sermons. You just ask in, in prayer, right? You need to pray. You need to go to God in prayer and ask for things. And this is true. You should go to God with your needs and desires and ask for things. But at first glance, when we read this passage, it seems to be saying that whatever we ask for in prayer, God will give it to you. Ask and it will be given. Everyone who asks receives. But Douglas R.A. Hare says this about the passage. On first impression, these verses appear to be exceedingly naive. They seem to promise categorically that we can get anything that we pray for as long as we pray with sufficient tenacity and intensity. The New Testament makes it perfectly clear that prayer is not intended as a means of manipulating God into satisfying our selfish desires. So on the surface level, a direct reading of the passage may seem if we ask for anything in this world that God will give it to us, but we know from reading other passages and portions of the Bible itself, and also experiencing how our own prayer life goes and turns out, we know that this is not necessarily true. See, for example, the Apostle Paul, who pled with God three times for the thorn in his side to be taken away from him in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 and 9. But Paul realized, and he says the message he received from God was, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Or think of the myriad of prayers that you have lifted up and given to, the, to God, whether for health or for wealth. And sometimes it was answered, and at other times it was not. Asking God is not going to result in yeses like he is some kind of a genie. Rather, what we are asking and what Jesus is commanding us to do when we come asking is to come in humility to God and acknowledge that we need God. Praying helps us or rather should help us realize that we are imperfect beings that need the help of God. When we pray, we're not just asking for quick fixes and remedies, but recognizing that we cannot do this life alone. We cannot face our problems by ourselves, and we need the help of our Lord, our God, to carry us through whatever we are facing. We're not just asking God for things in this life, but asking God to reveal His will for us, in this life. When Jesus says, seek and you will find, it's not just seeking answers for our life, but seeking out God's will. M. Eugene Boring says, 
Seeking is often used in the Old Testament and Jewish tradition for prayer with God's will as the object. So prayer then is not just about us, what we want, what we need, but what does God want from me? What is God's will for me? And I heard this from many of you, that you want to know what God's will is for you in your life. Then go to God and ask him. Seek his will and let it be revealed to you. Knock on the door and may, and may revelation come to you. Verse 8 reads, For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. You know, I know there are mysteries of God that we may not be able to fully comprehend. There are many ideas and thoughts that are beyond our human uh, limitations as such. But I do think that God does reveal his character to us. God does let us know what God wants from us. You can search the Bible and find numerous commands on how to live. You can search, to find, you can search the Bible and find passages on, on how not to live. You can search the Bible and find stories that tell us of God's goodness and his love, but also the jealousy that he has when we turn away from him. You see, revelation is there, and it's ready to be shared by God if you're actually willing to see it, to hear it, and to accept it. It is promised as much in this very verse. Anyone who seeks, asks, knocks, they will get what they're searching for. God is saying, if you earnestly come to me in prayer to find out my will, I will reveal it to you. If verse 7 is a command for us to seek God's will, then verse 8 gives us the confidence that God will reveal his will to us. Verses 9 through 11 read, Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? Or if, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Many of us in here are parents. And I think I can honestly, honestly say as parents, we try to get things for our kids, not just things that they need, but also things that they want. Right? We get them things that they need, but sometimes also things that they want. But as parents, we mess up. We get wrong things sometimes. You know, I have many cousins on my dad's side. I think... Uh, with me and my brother and all my cousins in our generation, there's about 14 of us, right? But we're in California, and, and uh, every big holiday, Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's, what have you, we would all still meet up, right? So our family of like 30 people would always come together, all right? Now so much bigger because of the kids that we have. We'll all come to celebrate together, and my, el 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 my elderly grandparents would always bring Christmas cards for all of their grandchildren, okay? My elderly grandparents would always bring Christmas cards for their grandchildren. Uh, just to let you guys know, my grandfather was born in 1909. So by the time I was born, he was already like 70. He passed away at 102, but <laughs> he lived a long time. But he was very, very much on the older side. And my grandparents 
for as long as I can remember, always lived in downtown LA. And when I mean downtown, they lived in downtown LA, right? I say I'm from LA, but after a while, I started living in the suburbs. My grandparents stayed in downtown LA. And so they're older, they lived in downtown LA, they would always go to the corner shops to get their Christmas cards, right? They always go to the corner shops to get their Christmas cards. So every year, my cousins and I all got Christmas cards written in Spanish, My grandparents would go, and uh, they would look at the design. Oh, it looks like Christmas. The letters look English. And we get it, and we open it. It says, Feliz Navidad. But it didn't bother us. We didn't say, Harmony, say it in English. I don't know what this means. No, we just just laughed. Look at Grandma with her Spanish cards again. Every year, some random one of us got an English card, and we were thrilled about it. But we mess up as parents sometimes. Not willingly, but we mess up sometimes. Just like our earthly parents, they try and they fail. Immigrant parents, those of us who had immigrant parents, you know this as well, right? Back before internet days when they tried to have to go and find Christmas gifts for us, you know? When we wanted G.I. Joe and they gave us G.I. Bro, Or we wanted My Little Pony, and they gave us My Little Baby Horse Friend, right? Just because we couldn't find the gifts. It was a little off, but what can you do? That's what our parents gave us, and that's how they they showed their love for us. But what does Jesus say here? Even though we may fail each other when we give each other gifts, our Heavenly Father never fails. Because our Heavenly Father knows exactly what you need wants to share exactly his right will for you in your life. Our Heavenly Father in heaven gives good things to all who ask. And what God really wants to give us is knowledge of who he is to impart his wisdom onto you to teach you how to live this life on earth. So are you asking for that? Are you seeking that? Are you knocking on the door to receive that? As I spend time with you guys more, meeting various groups, joining various OGs, and meeting up with people, I hear prayer requests, and I hear uh, one particular prayer request uh, quite frequently, and that is, I need to get back into the Word. I need to get to know God better. I need to get more consistent with my, with my quiet times. Right? I hear that uh, quite often from people. You know, when, when uh, Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount, where our passage is taken from, the people did not have scripture readily available on for them to read and to get to know God better. So ask, seek, and knock pertain to prayer, right? Pray to God and seek out God in prayer. Come to God and ask in prayer. And of course, that still remains true for us today. But we also have the scriptures to lead us to God, for God to reveal his will and his plan for us. So are you consistently and constantly reading the word to know God more? We are a month into the new year, and come January of New Year, everyone or many people start making New Year's resolutions, right? New Year's resolutions. And a lot of people, when the New Year comes, say, give uh, a very similar uh, New Year's resolution, and that is, I need to get healthy again. I need to start working out again, right? And they say, January, January sees the most new gym memberships. 
at the most new gym memberships happen in January, and the biggest drop-off of gym membership happens in February and March. Right? Everyone signs up, I'm gung-ho, I'm going to get fit. And then they're like, uh, I like the couch, and it's snowing again. Right? People go to the gym, then they try to work out. They do a lot. Right? They haven't done it in years, and then they realize, you know what, this is harder than I thought or it's too cold outside, or they realize they bit off more than they can chew, and so they end up quitting. And I think this could happen with us in our Christian walk as well. I don't know about you guys, but maybe some of you did this. As you got towards the end of 2021, you thought, man, 2022, that's the year. Me and God, we're going to be like this. I'm going to read the Bible every day. I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to finish everything. I'm going to do my QTs. I'm going to spend the like two hours on the Word, and now we're in February, and we're like, oh, I haven't really been doing it that well. I haven't been keeping up with it. And maybe we set lofty goals and expectations, right? And we end up biting off more than we can chew in this Christian walk as well. We need to get back on track. So I say, maybe start smaller then. Start, Start smaller. No one expects you to finish the entire Bible this year. I don't expect, I'm pretty sure Pastor John doesn't expect you guys to read the entire Bible and come to us with full memorized portions. And No, we don't expect that. Right? But we want you to be consistently in the Word. I, myself, am not the most fit person. Right? You could, it's pretty obvious. You, you guys didn't say, no, Pastor Charles, you're so... <laughs> you guys looked at me like, yep, yeah. But to, at the end of 2021... I made a plan for my fitness in 2022. And I told my wife my plan, right? And this was my plan. I'm going to do one push-up a day and add one push-up each consecutive day. And that's what I did. January 1st came along. I'm like, all right, time to work out. Done. Right? And it felt weird that I called that my workout, right? It was easy. Next day, bam, bam, right? Two, January 3rd, three, January 4th, four. That was pretty good the first few weeks. I'm going to tell you right now, I never miss a day. Today, later today, it's February 6th. I have to do 37 push-ups, and that's it, just 37 push-ups. I do kind of dread December 31st <laughs> when I had to do 365, but I know you'll all be encouraging me by then, right? Didn't say I got to do it all in a row. <laughs> just got to do it throughout the day. Right. But by adding just one a day, starting off very simple, starting off knowing that I could just do one and then two and then three, it made it easy to keep up with it. It was very doable, and so it gave me confidence. And perhaps I could add a little cardio later in spring or whatever, but that's later on. And yeah, maybe visually my body has not changed, and it's not changing at a fast pace. I look at myself in the mirror and I flex, but I also don't see it. But inside of me, I feel more empowered. Like, oh, I've, right? Like brain control. Oh, I've, I've done it, right? I've done it for, what is it, 37 days now. I could keep on doing it. I know 
I can do it because it's not that hard. And maybe that's all you guys need to do too to get back into the Word and to keep consistently reading it. The verse a day, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Done. Let me pray about that a little bit. And you just add two more verses or a chapter or however you want to add, right? And we consistently read the Word and grow and mature, we mature in our faith. We find out what we should ask for in prayer, but also mature in our knowledge of God to accept the answers to our prayers and to accept the out, His outcome and His will for us in our lives, just like our Savior did. Our Savior Jesus Christ also asked, sought and knocked on the door of God. Before he was arrested, he prayed so hard with a heavy heart and mind at Gethsemane. He prayed to God and asked in Matthew 26, 39, the beginning of which says, And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Jesus prayed that the pain, the sacrifice that he will eventually need to make, be taken away from him, that perhaps he does not have to be crucified. He asked God for this, and yet the very same verse ends with, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus went and asked God for something, but ended by saying, let your will, not my will, let your will be done. And following God's will, Jesus was crucified. He was dead, he was buried, and he was resurrected again. And because of that, all of us who believe are able to have eternal life. By following God's will over his own, we are able to live forever, those who believe. And in the same way, when we seek after God and ask of him, we may not get the answers exactly the way that we hoped. In the story that I opened up with, the story with the t-shirts and with Lego, Lego could have easily said, no, you can't use our design. And that would have been the end of it. And if they did that, there's two ways I could have reacted. I could have gotten upset and angry and cursed out Lego, all that bad, horrible company. Or I could have accepted their will and what they want and been mature. Like, you know what? If there's no other way, there's no other way. I'll go a different route. When you go and ask God, you may not get exactly the answer that you hope. Paul didn't with having the thorn being taken from his side. Jesus didn't with the cup being passed from him but they both accepted God's will and followed it. Paul accepted and realized God's grace is sufficient for him. Jesus accepted, and we are saved for it. Will you be able to do the same? Will you, as you grow in your prayer life, as you turn to the Word and find out more of who God is and His will for you, will you be, a, be able to accept His will even if it doesn't match exactly to what you want? Because even if it does not, our passage reminds us in Matthew 7, 11, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? What God offers is better than whatever we can ask for. As we grow up in our faith, as we grow up in our prayer life and our scripture reading life, I hope we do not try to mold God to fit us, but we ask God to shape us to fit him. Go to God and ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will be able to find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. Once again, Douglas R.A. Hare says, Only by persistently asking, seeking, and knocking at heaven's door through prayer 
will we find grace to obey. Remember, our passage for today comes in the Sermon on the Mount. It comes towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is Matthew 5 through 7. It is the same sermon where Jesus lays out how we should live. He talks about things such as being the salt and the light, to not be angry, do not lust, love your enemies, give to the needy. This is how to pray, this is how to fast, don't worry, do not judge, and so much more. And after Jesus says all of this, he says, ask, seek, and knock, and you will find the will of God and to get help to follow all of these things that I laid out for you. So be persistent, be consistent in your walk with God, and God will reveal all he can to you. He will help you in this life because his grace is sufficient and his will will remain supreme. It will grow your faith. It will change you. It will help you grow up. Let's pray. Holy Father, Lord, we just thank you so much. We thank you for being our God. And Lord, we thank you that you are a God who gives us good, good gifts. Even when we don't know what to ask for, Lord, you are ready and able to give us the answers that we need. Lord, help us to trust in you. Help us to go to you in prayer. Help us to go to you in our reading of Scripture and learn about more of who you are and your will for us in this life, Lord Father. We pray that you'll continue to use us and help us to grow up in you to go out with your words to people. We thank you. In your son Christ's name we pray.